1: Hello and welcome to On The Preds with me, your host, Alex Doherty of A to Z Sports and my co-host, Sean Smith, and we are in full video mode today. We are busting out the video for uh, the first time this year. I know Sean's excited, uh, trim the beard, kind of changed some things around in the little studio here, so uh, we've, got, we've got a little different look, but um, still audio, of course, on Spotify and iTunes, but uh, now, all season long, we will be on... YouTube on the A to Z sports YouTube. So if you're listening to this, you want to go check it out Um, throughout the course of the year, we will have um, things to show you on the video. We'll are on the, on the video side. Like we'll have some goal highlights, some interviews, that kind of thing. Um, And uh, as well as, you know, visually you just get to see us talking about stuff. So that's Uh,
0: Alex, I'm going to say this, something that I have grown used to quite a bit over the course of the off-season and the audio only off-season was being able to mute my microphone and cough and sneeze and hork and all that fun stuff so yeah it's gonna be an adventure these first
1: few episodes remembering that i can't do that you can still do that i don't really (laughs) care honestly just go for it you can mute and just do it most people probably won't even notice but we have to talk about the Preds, because uh, as you can see on the, uh, well, two things. First of all, that way, it is episode 50, the big five We've done 50 of these episodes, Sean. Wow.
0: That's a lot of episodes,
1: Alex. Yeah. And today we are going to talk about how, all right, so last week we led off the show with the declaration that the Nashville Predators were the best team in hockey. Yep. They were 2-0. They were on top of the league.
0: Yeah. First a- place.
1: Yeah. First place. True statement. That was a, that was a true statement this week. We will lead off with the statement. The Preds are decidedly not the best team in hockey. (laughs) They are, uh, somewhere in between the best and somewhere in between there and the worst. So. Well, it's not a bad place to be. I mean,
0: I really thought it was sustainable, you know, the 82 and O dream because it was still alive. I mean, it's a, it's a nice place to be, but Honestly, um, you live in fantasy land for too long. Your dreams are going to be shattered and broken. So um, it's good you you get the two losses for the season out of the way, and we'll go on and uh, to eighty and two.
1: <laughs> yeah, that 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 could happen. I think it's more likely that g- given how these last two games went, which we'll talk about, the Predators will be very difficult. It will be very difficult for them to win eighty games uh, going going through, unless of course Dallas is just like you know the best team on earth. So. Because if you don't know what we're talking about, the Predators played two games against the Dallas Stars and they lost both times in very convincing fashion. Dallas dominated both games, especially from a defensive goaltend expanded standpoint. Uh, both games in uh, Thursday in Nashville and then Saturday in Dallas. Thursday four to one was the final, and then Saturday five to one was the final. So a a nine to two beatdown. Felt yeah. like the playoffs last year against the uh, against the Avalanche, where it's just like a blowout and total domination, which is not great. And we'll talk about why that is. Um, the Predators put up 62 shots and only got two goals. Jake well, Ottinger. Tell you what, I
0: <clears throat> he's always looked to be a pretty good goalie to me, honestly. So I wasn't <laughs> too surprised that he put on a good show. I think what was more surprising to me was just the way the offense just stifled the Predators' defense. It, it looked like um, it was not their best two games as a defense. We'll just say that. Yeah, um, They looked kind of out of their league for those two games, in my opinion. Uh, it was kind of bizarre. You've grown used to, even when the forwards aren't producing for the Predators, you could rely on the defense to be stout and strong. But that mm-hmm. wasn't the case with Dallas.
1: No, there, there was, there was not a lot going well in the offense, um, or on special teams, uh, or, or defensively. There were, there were just so many problems up and down the board. Let's start with um, what, what I think is the most was the most pressing issue, and that has to do with pressing pressure. Uh, yeah. So Dallas, so Dallas has a new head coach, Pete DeBoer, and uh, he was the coach for Vegas. Uh, and then was fired. And then when um, uh, when Dallas let their coach go last year, he he was hired sometime this, this past summer. But Pete DeBoer uh, generally has a pretty high pressure offense and a lot of aggressive forecheck, pretty aggressive forecheck. But I mean, but it's never been something that the Predators have been unable to handle. This particular forecheck with Dallas, they were unable to handle. And I think I think some of it was. Uh, you know, there's one major new pairing with Ryan McDonough and Matthias Eckholm and they were really off their game in both games against Dallas. Roman Yossi has not really gotten going the way he did last year so far, and Alex Carrier and Dante Fabro, and then the, the sort of, you know, alternating between Jeremy Lozon and Mark Barbietzki are just, like, not quite good enough to really handle it yet. So, yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, the defense just really struggled to activate or to 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 regroup and then to to advance the puck it, it was just it was really rough to watch i mean it was all all night i know we were watching saturday and then uh, you were there on thursday and it just was man there were a lot of things that did not go well
0: i i think one of the things that was most surprising to me we talked a lot through the beginning of the season um specifically even into the games in Prague, and how good the defensive pairing of Ryan McDonough and, and uh, Matthias Ekholm looked. And it was really kind of shocking. I mean, you mentioned that it looked like they were having some issues. Um, and, and I started, I think, I was thinking about this. I had a lot of time to think. Um, is, it, is it possible? And, and I don't know. Um, you've got Matthias Ekholm, who's used to playing. You know, he's the stay-at-home defender. And you've got Ryan McDonough, who's also a stay-at-home defender. And is it possible that they're both used to having someone on their pairing with them that is not a stay at home defender. And so kind of getting used to that, you know, okay, look, nobody's going to, nobody's activating here. Um, we're both going to try to stay home and therefore no one activates. And I, I, don't so. no? I, I, I don't think so.
1: No, I don't know. I, no, I, I don't think so. Because I, I don't think that that's really what they would rely on because the, the forwards that they're playing with should be good enough to, to manage that. Like they, they don't need, I mean, I, occasionally I would, th- I would I would think it's actually kind of the opposite I would think that they would prefer to have another defender on their opposite side this kind of stays back with them hmm. um, that's what I would think b- b- especially because John Hines' system is so much about maintaining that defensive structure and, right. and when you regroup to to c- clear the path of, like in order to clear a path towards the net it's uh, towards the offensive zone it is about getting your defense set up uh, e- evenly, like not getting out of position, not getting off shape and getting your forwards to do that work for you. I mean, like the forwards are, it's, it's so much reliant on the forwards to create that offensive pressure to, to create those zone entries. Again, the exception is Roman Yossi. He does whatever, but right. I would think that McDonough and Ekholm would be perfectly fine. Just having defensemen that kind of stay back more. I think honestly, I think what's happening is, I, I really think it's more on Ekholm. I think it's more Ekholm than McDonough. I think Ekholm. The problem is he's still getting used to to playing full time on that right side.
0: Entirely possible.
1: I mean, I think it, it has its benefits. He talked about it. He worked on it all summer. But he, you know, even working on it in the summer, you're not working against full time, you know, full full NHL players. And
0: so I think. Well, and and if you look at our previous sample size of the two games in Prague, they're playing against the Sharks. Yeah, right. I mean, the, the Sharks.
1: <laughs> I, I think they look fine against the Sharks, but, you know, the Predators got their – the Sharks didn't have as much pressure as the Stars did. Right. So, uh,
0: That's now, what, what is, I meant. It was
1: oh, yeah, yeah. What is not it, what not is it full look strength like? NHL. What is it going to look like against Los Angeles on Tuesday, who has uh, who have some really gifted forwards? What's it going to look like against Colorado? You know, this. Dallas is a good team. They're probably a playoff team, but they're not Colorado. I don't, don't even know. think they're lost. I think the Kings are better than them. I mean, like, yeah, it, the defense is going to have to really work some stuff out. Um, and I, and I, I say that also knowing that the, the forwards have not been great either. I mean, the, the one line with Ryan Johansson and Nino Niederreiter and tip, most of the time, Ellie Tolvin, and there was a couple of games without him, but that that line has been great. That, that that line has been generating some chances, generating some expected goals, and and preventing them the other way. They've been great. The Forsberg Granlund Duchene line, average at best, not anything close to what last year was. No. And the herd line. I did some research today. The herd line is not performing all that well. And then the fourth line, you know, kind of typical fourth line stuff. They the forward groups are just not are not doing their jobs right and the defense is not able to hold up either i mean these things work in tandem it's not just like two halves of the ice and and no one they don't ever talk they work together and neither one are really doing their jobs right right now Hmm. that's a problem
0: is it going to get solved (laughs) by the time they play again they've had
1: some practices I, I think that they'll, they'll work out. They'll have to work out something. And we'll be really inter- interested to see what the line combinations look like on Tuesday um, uh, to see, you know, what, if they, if they do change anything, uh, I don't know if there's going to be major changes. Um, well,
0: I mean, you, there's a lot to be said, I think too, for, for sample size, you know, they've only played four games and there has been a lot of shifting around on some of the lines. And so, I don't necessarily know that drastic changes to the personnel or what you're expecting to see as much as it's let's do some intense work on a few different aspects and discuss how we want things to be played mm-hmm. and then give it a chance to work itself out, uh, in the next couple of games. So, I mean, that's my guess as to what you would noticeably see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would agree with that. Um, what do you think about, uh, Roman Yossi so far? Because, so Yosi, um, like, to say that that this offense, this this team is built around Yosi, is an understatement. I mean, it, right. If this team did not have Roman Yosi, it would have to significantly restructure how it attacks the net, how it attacks the offensive zone. He is everything for that. He he activates, he cycles, he finds looks, he finds passes, he gets open, he he. He puts shot to the shots on net. That's what he does. Like, and and right now he's got you know he's got one assist in four games. He's not really done much. Um, what do you, do you make anything of that?
0: <laughs> so I, I don't have any of the research to back it up, Alex. I don't have any numbers. I don't have any stats, and I can't really point to any specific incident or incidents on on the ice that I, as of yet, but what I'm planning on looking at very closely over the next few games is I want to watch how Roman Yossi's covered. Um, My, my concern is that if you think about, you know, tactics and strategies, if you have one person who is kind of the linchpin for the entire offense, doesn't it make sense to just try to shut that person down? Even if it means committing more resources to that person, because if you can shut them down, then the rest of the team's just kind of floundering out there. And, and I wonder if maybe that was something that Dallas was intentionally doing was really just trying to keep a lot of bodies on Yossi and force the rest of the guys on the ice to make things happen.
1: It has been done before. And I, I think last year, Yossi was kind of next level. Like he was just, even with, even with all the extra attention, he was still um, yeah. putting up a lot of points. Um, we'll see how he responds. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I, I just, it's, it's interesting that so far, at first four games, really hasn't been like a big factor. I mean, it's well, I mean, big. they lost two games in a row. Sky's falling. That's yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else yeah, two, to say. Two games against a bad team, two wins. Two games against a good team equals two losses. What would, does that say hope. about?
0: Huh? Well, you'd hope to split those, you know, you'd hope that the team was three and one right now. I mean,
1: honestly, that's yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, like if, if, if all else is equal, like you, you would expect them to split the two against Dallas because you would think that you're on the same team or, or on the same level as Dallas right. and then win the two against San Jose. So yeah, I would agree. Um, So uh, I want to talk about special teams and I want to mention uh, UC Soros as well. There's something about special teams, something in the, specifically with the power play that i want to bring up to people but before i do that i want to talk about my favorite store in green Hill. oh relax the back Ooh. in green hills and i've got to show you guys some stuff i've got some pictures because on saturday i went to relax the back to the relax the back store in green hills at 2020 glen echo road and i talked to glenn the owner for a for a long time about beds because as i mentioned on here my wife and i we are looking to get a new bed we need to get a new bed because it is just our back situation is not 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 great we're not relaxed and so i went to the store and one first thing before i, I before i talk about what we talked about at the store they have totally revamped their showcase room I got some pictures here. Here's a good look at the. Uh, I know that that's kind of on top of us here, but <laughs> you, just, you see the point. Of what I'm trying to make here. Uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> so you got you've got the the beds there. Those that's the Technogel bed in the background. That's the um, the uh bed. Here are some. Here's a little uh, ch- close up of the wedge systems that they have available at their store. Here are some massage chairs. These things are incredibly sophisticated. Uh, those are amazing, and here's a better look at the bed. Now, I laid down on that exact bed that you're looking at. I laid down on that bed, and Glenn told me a lot about how the back works and how why you need to be in a neutral position, a zero-gravity position. Um, you've got to go talk to Glenn if you have any back issues with sleeping specifically because he knows everything about it. He will tell you exactly. He'll, he'll pinpoint the problems with your the way you're sleeping, how to help you, and then also hook you up with some incredible Uh, technology, some sleeping technology that will, that will help you. So go to 2020 Glen Echo Road there in Green Hills. uh, Talk to Glenn and talk to him most importantly about the four pillars of wellness, healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work, and healthy mind. So we'll talk more about that as we, as we go on, but let's talk special teams. Okay. So the power play pretty bad, right?
0: Well, yeah. Didn't look great.
1: Any guess about where they rank right now in terms of the power play? Any any guesses?
0: Well, I've got to think, you know, it's not just the Dallas games we're looking at. It's also the San Jose games. Um, And everybody else is working with only a few games. So we're looking at percentage, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: That's how – I'd say that they're probably 14th.
1: They are 27th. Oh, uh, they have six. They've they 6.3% power play. There are – but that's second to last. It, really, it's – yeah, they're tied for 27th or whatever. There's five teams below them that have not scored a power play goal at all. Those teams are Columbus, Detroit, Carolina, Montreal, and Buffalo. Now, Carolina, that's surprising, but all the yeah. other teams are not very good. So, um, the, the Predators right now, the power play is, is not good. They've scored – Let's see. Power play goals. They've scored one power play goal in sixteen chances. Ooh. Six point three percent. Six point one percent. So that's not good. But here's here's what I want to point out. They have had the second most ice time of any team in the league, twenty seven minutes. So they've been on the power play a lot. That is a good thing because that actually means you know they're they're playing decent enough at five on five to to be able to draw penalties. Yeah. Um, they have the most shot attempts of any team in the league. So Ooh. part of that is because they've been on the ice for a lot of power play time, but they've, they've also generated a ton of shot attempts. That, now, this, these numbers are as of uh, yesterday, so it's maybe updated a little bit. But um, And they have the fifth most expected goals. They Right now, they've generated a total of 3.2 expected goals. Like What that means is, based on the shots and the shot quality that they have, you would have expected them to have about three power play goals at this point. They only have one. So what does that mean? That means that the opposing goalies, Jake Ottinger mostly, right? Have done their job and done it very, very well. They, they the opposing goalies have have kept them off the board. But a lot of that's luck. So what I'm trying to say is, Sean, I think the power play is gonna be okay. Oh, okay. That's good. You know, I'm gonna tell
0: you the way you explained all that, it made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Like I was following along. I don't know if anyone watching at home was looking at me instead of you, but if you uh, rewind and go back and watch me, you can see me learning.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad because I I think dissecting a power play is very tough because everyone sees it's a it's one of the easiest things to watch on on you know if you're just tuning into a, a hockey game, it's it's very it's much easier to watch because the the action all stays in one end of the ice right. Right, the passes are kind of predictable. You can see where kind of where they're going next. You can see where um, you can see where players are open. It, one team has most possession, so it's easier to track. Like you know, what's what's more likely going to happen—a goal or something else. So, and then the defensive players are just working their butts off trying to get to the puck. So, yeah, I I, th- I think it's it's easy to watch, but it is very difficult to dissect where things go wrong. And I'm not doing that yet because it's only four games in. When we get right. to game ten. And they're still at 6%. We'll definitely have to dissect some stuff going on. But I think Ooh. they'll be better than that.
0: We get to game 10 and they're still at 6%. I feel like we got to, like, I don't know, we got to do something. Not like not, not the team, but you and I specifically. Maybe oh, like uh, eat something gross on the something? air. Huh?
1: Like light and effigy?
0: Oh, I don't know. That seems a little extreme. I just thought, like, maybe we should eat something <laughs> gross or, you know... I don't want to eat
1: I'd rather just like, uh, you know, like you'd rather burn something.
0: something in effigy.
1: Okay. That's yeah, fine. exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what I do mean, you want to I'm burn in effigy? I don't know. I would assume that, but I, I, by the way, I don't think anything's changed. I think Dan Lambert is still in charge of the power play, I would guess, right? He's the guy so. that they, they brought in a couple years ago to to kind of fix yeah. that. And he's still around. I mean, so yeah, I, I would assume it's still him. Um, I would assume that the general strategy has not really changed. In fact, it's probably gotten better because now Nino you know, Niederreiter is on the second unit. He's been better, or he's, yeah. he's been very good. And the top line is still the same. And that power play was good enough to be seventh in the league last year. I think six or seven. Who
0: who has the power play goal? Can you remember? If there's only one.
1: Uh, is a Niederreiter. Good. Oh, it was it was a tipped goal. It was Niederreiter. Yeah. Okay. It was the tipped goal at at the very end of the. They they had that five on three. It was the five on three Mm -hmm. against uh, Dallas. Yeah. Okay.
0: Good job, Nino.
1: Nino Niederreiter, four goals, four games. He's
0: on pace, man. He's on pace for 82 goals. I like it.
1: He's on pace for 82 82 goals and zero assists. Zero assists, which should be really impressive. The best season. (laughs) Um, so penalty kill, I did not really do any diving on that. I that, I mean, to to me, the penalty kill is is all about <laughs> just not having to do it. Like the the, yeah. the the penalty situation, let's let's look that up because I think I think you know the the trend is still that this team is going to be a very heavily penalized team. I mean.
0: Yeah, and I, I think back to last season when there did seem to be a lot of penalties, the Predators were kind of losing games on the heels of taking five or six penalties a night. And I remember Matthias Eckholm saying something in one of the media availabilities. Like, you know, we expect to to have to deal with two or three penalties like that on any given night. He's like, but when you get up beyond that in the four, five, six region, that it's very taxing on the team. So,
1: yeah, I've always right just now, thought about that. yeah. Right now, that the, the Preds are ranked 19th in times short times shorthanded per game, which is below. Uh, that's fine. I mean, that's 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 fine. Yeah. That's that's really like uh, 19th lowest. I mean, yeah. Like the lower you are on that list, the better. And then they're right. 20th in shorthanded time on ice per game. So they're, hmm. they're actually doing pretty good at like not going to the box all the time. Um, and their overall pred to kill percentage. Is 18th, so yeah. I mean, maybe the penalty kill is like going to be okay. The special teams is just so tricky to talk about because it's just such. It feels like it's a big momentum issue, like yeah. momentum changer, but it doesn't actually ha- affect that much of the game. Five on five is so much more important. So, um, and and right now, five on five, the the Predators have just been really struggling to get anything going against Dallas. So.
0: Well, there's good news. They don't have to play Dallas for a while.
1: Yeah, so they don't have to play Dallas for a while. Let's talk about the schedule. Um, Tuesday, they play uh, Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Kings come to town. Very strange start time. I I really am just very annoyed by this because I I don't understand why it's an 8.30 start on a Tuesday. I'm really curious what this crowd is going to look like. I mean... I, I have a feeling it's not going to be a great crowd.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. We, I, and I'll tell you though, I mean, the
1: Kings have changed quite a bit since the last we saw them. Yeah, the Kings are good. I mean, are, so, the record's only one and two, but I think that they're going to be. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Like, I, I think I, so they, too. I mean, G- Gabe Vallardi, young guy coming up. Obviously, they've got. They've still got. You know, Adrian Kempe and and Andrzej Kopitar still dragging everybody around. Kevin Fiala, Victor Arvidsson, former Preds. There, old Jonathan Quick still uh, stopping the pucks. I mean, I, I, I yeah, Kings are good. I, that's going to be a tough game. I, the reason I, by the way, the reason I said I'm not sure about the crowd is not because I think Preds fans are like moving on. I I just think it's the time is going to be weird. The time is a weird one. Yeah, you can do those 8:30 starts for playoff games. They'll yeah. they'll get there for that. In fact, I prefer the 8.30 start for a playoff game because gives everybody plenty of time to get there. People are not going to go to an 830 game on a random Tuesday in October. Like, it's just. On the heels of
0: two losses in a row
1: at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People are not going to be willing to do that. We'll see. I mean, it's only the second game. Maybe there's still some people who just want to get back to hockey. So we'll see what that looks like. And then. Also. Sorry. Thursday, they go to Columbus. Oh, at Columbus, it should be an interesting game. And then Saturday at Philadelphia, or the Philadelphia Flyers come back in town, and that would be the return of one Ryan Ellis. Would be, but it's not. No. <laughs> nope. That's not going to happen. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's go back to Roman Yosi for a second.
0: Or wait, okay. do I mean
1: Roman Yodi? Roman, Jody? I thought it was.
0: I think it's just Jody. Old Jody, captain of the team. Explain what we're talking about, Sean. Well, I, I'll let you get the exact text up if you if you want to. I may I may have to find okay. it on my my phone, but I, I found it. It seems like every year, and and it doesn't always happen as quickly as it has now. But but some dear soul over on on the Facebook decides that it's time to complain about the captain of the team because the captain Jody, if you will, um, Jody. is. Captain Jody, um, I think that may be one of the Star Trek captains. I'm not sure, right. um, but they're not they're not captaining the way that this random Facebook user would be captaining. And they, I think, I want you to read this, and I have
1: some thoughts. And it's not going to go on forever, but read the uh, read the caption to me, please. So this this gentleman said, um, and this was this was a comment on a post that was just saying that the Preds are bad, basically. And right. this gentleman commented. I'm waiting for something I know I'll never see, but I can still dream that it'll happen. I was ready for Jody to call a timeout, pull all of the players on the ice, and give them a dressing down right there in front of the fans. There was a total lack of effort in the last two games, going to no look behind the back passes, and generally just hoping for a good result on a play. So,
0: I I want to say this. First off, it's, it's, there's only four games that the team has played so far. So, uh, you know, now's not the time, but it, it always happens every year that somebody gets upset about Jody's captaining. So, yeah. here's what I'll say as far as <laughs> pulling the whole team together on the ice and giving them a dressing down in front of the entire crowd, like, you know, I help coach my son's 8U travel ball team and, like, occasionally. There it is. Oh, Jody. Occasionally, occasionally, I'll
1: put it
0: back <laughs> occasionally, when the, uh, the the defense is out there on the field and they're having a rough go of it, the head coach will be like, you know, he'll call it blue, give me time. And they'll call the kids in and, <laughs> and give them a pep, like, come on guys, you know, you got this. I know you're better than this. And like, you know, honestly, Alex, it, it kind of works with seven and eight year old baseball players, but right. Um, I think just the the idea of a professional grown man calling other professional grown men to come to center ice and I'm going to yell at each one of you individually. And give me the mic, uh, uh, ref, so everybody can hear what I'm saying. Um, I don't think that would go over well.
1: Um, not, not to mention, when is he supposed to do this? <laughs> He'll just call time. It's fine. Yeah, like, like I, I, guys, I need time. I got to get like John Hines is going to let Roman Yossi use his timeout to then what get all the players off like off the bench yeah get off the bench get out bring here bring them to the corner like somewhere in the corner because he said here let's go to the let's go to the, the common yeah. here pull yeah. all the players on the ice give them a dressing down right there in front of the fans so he's right saying there. Like, yeah he's saying like uh I, it almost sounds like they want the they want uh um what's the the, the in house mc what's his name again Paul no, um the guy who goes in the crowd and talks to people. Wayne. Wayne yeah. D. Wayne D. Wayne, thank you. Yeah. He wants Wayne D to go bring him the microphone <laughs> and like in the middle of the game and, and have, the, have the microphone, you know, put put the microphone right next to Yossi so that he can hear what he's telling these players. I, I would assume that Roman Yossi is telling them some just exposing just their just calling him out and saying Yeah. Hard truths about their, about their play right now, because it's just not working. Uh, Go ahead. ahead. Well, it it
0: sounds to me like this is something you would expect at a wrestling match.
1: Yes. Yes. You know, like, I I, got to tell everybody
0: about what's going wrong. Exactly.
1: That's exactly right. Now I did, I I did not, I blurred the guy's name out. I mean, I I don't want to, I don't want to send people flooding to his page or whatever, but um. I think my favorite part is how he went from, well, other than Jody, you know, going to, to Jody, Jody's I think my favorite part is how he went from this. He, he kind of is blending two thoughts, right? Right. He's blending the idea that Yossi, because he, he, he says like, he's, he wants this to happen, this, this right. dressing down, but he's waiting for something he know will never happen. He can dream it'll happen. This guy dreams of this happening. <laughs> he this is this is a this is his innermost desire is to see this happen because if, if it happened i guess this would have solved the team's problems but this guy's dream would come true if this happened yeah i,
0: I imagine like you're at work you know things are kind of slow like your office doors close you start to drift off a little bit and then suddenly everyone's your door because you're yelling tell them jody tell them about themselves and they're like hey, hey are you okay in there? And you're like, oh, sorry, I was just dreaming. It was my innermost desire. <laughs> and they're like, exactly, Jody,
1: exactly, Captain of the Predators. Like, don't you mean Yossi? He's got a little. He's got a journal. He writes a journal. Like, today, it didn't happen.
0: Ro- Did it happen Roman, today? Di-
1: nope. Roman Jody didn't dress down the team in front of the fans. I think <laughs> it's like a Jody jersey. and the other okay the other part of this of this post there was a total lack of effort in the last two games i mean that that was shockingly that's like the most close to accuracy that this guy has but i still disagree with it i mean there wasn't a total lack of effort but like that's actually like he's getting a little closer to like what's actually happened the last two games the team was not good and there's there's no excusing what how they performed against dallas in two games there's no excusing that but then there's this random thought about going to a no look behind the back pass, he says well, oasis. Well, they're not passes, they're oases. It's they're the total oases. of oasis. <laughs> 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 going behind the back passes and generally just hoping for a good result on a play. I don't like so I don't know where he saw this. I guess he's talking about like a drop pass. I don't remember right. seeing a behind the back pass where someone just does not know where they're going to like you you've, people have to remember like these players are the players that play in the NHL and even the ones in like the fringe of the AHL are, it's like the one, it's like a thousand of the best hockey players like in the world. And like, they are very good at a lot of different plays. Um, So like, but the way hockey works, like you're going to make some plays that don't work. Right. It's about, there's a lot of failure in it. We were talking about this about baseball the other day. Yeah. A lot of failure in it, right? The best player in the world, if you if you succeeded four times out of, out of ten, you'd be the best baseball player of all time. Exactly. So in hockey, it's a lot like that. I know it's very difficult for people to, to, to come to terms with that. Like that the team you know lost two games and looked terrible. Well, I guess they're going to be terrible. I don't think that's the way it works. No. I think they, they really struggled against Dallas for those two games. Where do they go from here? Well,
0: I think where they need to go is they I, I mentioned before, they need to take a little bit of time in practice, work on a few key things, and just have a general discussion. And especially, you know, if you if you talk about, say, some new situations like the Eckholm McDonough pairing, kind of discuss, hey, look, over the past four games, here's what we've seen this is what we want to see different. And that's where Eckholm and McDonough can go. They can work on that, they can discuss that. At the same time, there's a lot of chaos down on the fourth line. Um, nobody really knows from day to day who's going to be on that line. Um, mm-hmm. It's shifted a lot. So, I mean, you're going to expect some growing pains there. Uh, the herd line, get, get back to identity. You know, what, what were we doing last season that worked so well? What are we not doing now? And what's funny is, you know, if you or I look at it and, and we can't figure it out, I guarantee you the coaching staff can. And that's, that's the thing they do. They spend a lot of time going back and watching yeah. game film going back and checking things out. There's an expectation for how they want them to play. It's easy
1: for them to see when that's not happening. That can now, be
0: corrected what,
1: quite easily. Now, what can we, what can we critique about that though? Because I, I, I think it's, it's one thing to say like, okay, the, the coaching staff, they're good at what they do. They're going to find the solution, but th- they have made a couple of decisions that don't make a lot of sense. I think Cole, there's no reason that Cole Smith should be playing on this team. I, I don't not? think anymore because Cole Smith is not, he, he's, he's not an NHL player
0: playing in the NHL right now.
1: He shouldn't be. I mean, Cole Smith Cole Smith is a is a is an AHL guy. I think he's fine for that role. He can play in the AHL. He's Cole Smith is not going to become He's not gonna, may, maybe maybe I'm being unfair. He might be an NHL player right now. What is what are they building for with Cole Smith? Right. What are they what okay. are they getting to the point where in in 3 years Cole Smith is going to be from here to here, right? That's not going to happen. But it no. will happen with a Philip Tomasino or an Afanasyev or I mean, uh, Cody glass who they, they, I, I know he had a, um, a, an illness. That's why he sat out, but right. I, I, I mean, I, I would even argue for Kiefer Sherwood over, over a Cole Smith because he for at least like proven that he, he can play like pretty consistently and play, pretty play pretty well. I mean, he's better numbers, better career numbers than Cole Smith does. I wonder I, I how like, much it's not if... like I'm, I sound like I'm piling on to Cole Smith. It's not just about that, but I'm saying like the coaching staff does deserve credit for like what they do well, but they need, they need to be called out for what they don't do well too. And I I think Cole Smith doesn't really belong in this lineup. I think they need to pick a defenseman between Borbievsky and Lozon and go with it.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. I'm going to say, I think you're being a little harsh on Smith's. I don't appreciate that. Sorry. Um, no, it's, I'm just saying it's, it's I know, my I last know. name. I feel a yeah. special kinship, you know? I mean, you were I a lot it. nicer about Craig back in the day. So, you yeah, know, i kind of used to the way you treat Smith. And so now it's all this Smith hate. And I'm like, am I next? I don't know. If I don't speak yeah. up for Cole, maybe Sean's next on Alex's list. <laughs> so I don't know. But
1: no, so, I mean, you're right. I feel way, like there's... Go ahead. In a way, what happened is they got there and then they put Michael McCarron out there on... Uh, was that the first? Was that was was that in Nashville or was that in Dallas? when I know it was played. the first Dallas game he played because I so was... he he played in in on Thursday, so uh, that was the game I couldn't watch. But um, you know, the, again, it's same thing with McCarron. Like, okay, I get he's a he was a former first round pick. He's twenty seven now. He hasn't turned into a uh, a, a a consistent force that right. needs to be out there. But they keep trying it and. You know, like, they, they got themselves in a situation where they went and signed Zach Sanford and Kiefer Sherwood and uh, Jankowski, and so they got to give these guys chances, right? They gave them money to, right. to come in here. True. Well, they just have to hope that one of those guys emerges as, like, a go-to guy. Uh, meanwhile, Philip Tomasino is on the top line in Milwaukee, and he's, like, the guy that you need to be uh, really finding out if he's good, because if not, then you got to act quickly. So, Again, uh I, I bring all that up because they're not we, we can't sit here and, and only say that the, the coaches are well, they're doing their job and they, they, they want to win too. They're they they do not always make the right decisions. And I know you know that, but you know, just might bring I it up. I do know
0: that. Trust me. Sometimes I've said things about it. Um <laughs> but I, I mean, I know where you're coming from. And especially with Cole Smith, I feel like maybe there is Some kind of, you know, he's been with the organization for a long time. Um, Maybe they just try to give him a look every year to see, hey, maybe this is the year. I don't expect him to be on the roster for very long. And he'll probably be back in Milwaukee as soon as they're ready to bring Tomasino up. Um, Which I'd say, I'm assuming will happen. You know, the idea that they want him to be playing, you know, top line minutes in Milwaukee. So he gets more minutes, more touches, especially on the power play. I get that. Um, I don't love it, but I get it. Do I think he'd be better off coming and playing on the fourth line the way it's made up right now in Nashville? No, but this makes
1: me, I, this makes me laugh. I, I just <laughs> I just went and looked at Cole Smith's uh, elite prospects page, and they have this this thing where it, they show projected numbers, right? They have they have Cole Smith projected at having 82 games played, <laughs> zero goals, and 21 assists. Wow! I just think that's very funny. What a well, what a strange season that would be if yeah. Cole Smith played 82 games, didn't score a single goal, and somehow managed 21 assists. Wow! Racking up, the, racking up
0: the apples there.
1: Um, I guess I guess
0: I would like to see a commitment to a fourth line where you have, you know, the idea is like, they're going to go out and they're going to create offense. Um, you have someone like Cody glass playing at center. Um, you, you have Tomasino out there. And again, somebody like Sherwood on that line with him. I think that would be a pretty, pretty solid fourth line. I think they could yeah. make a lot of things happen. Um, but I don't think it's worth bringing him up and reducing the minutes he's going to get or the power play time he's going to get until they're ready to make that commitment. And maybe they're yeah. just kind of we can work through some of these guys on the fourth line a little bit more and see who's going to be the other guy. A lot quicker if we can play two a night, and we'll let Thomasino stay in Milwaukee and, and keep playing and yeah. get those minutes up and get those touches up, and then bring him back in when they know what they're doing.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I yeah. think that's that's fine. Now, they didn't need to get themselves in that situation. They didn't need to sign all those dudes, but you're right. They but they, they did. If they, if they threw a, a bunch of apples into the bag, it's easier to eat two apples at once than just take one apple out at once. I don't know what this analogy is. I just hey, I was going with speaking
0: apples. Of a, speaking of a bag of apples, Cole Smith's supposed to score 20, 21, that 21 yeah. assists. So that's apples. pretty
1: impressive. There you go. A whole bag of apples, Smith. He's just a... He's just an assist machine. Man. Don't ask crack- him to shoot. him up. Don't ask him to shoot. What if you had a 20-point season in which you had all assists? That's pretty what wild. If, what if his nickname became Johnny Appleseed? <laughs> Surely there's some hockey oh. players that's had that as their nickname, right? What about Granny Smith? There you go. Granny Smith. Oh, that Perfect. That's a good one. Okay. Um, I think that's about going to cover it for today. Um this was a great first video episode. Uh, yeah. In the future, we will have more of these. Um, probably, work, like I said before, working a little bit more, you know, showing some goal highlights, maybe breaking down some footage, talking about, you know, showing some John Hines clips, whatever. Maybe interviews with Cole Smith. Who knows? Um, and uh, that'll be coming all season long. Um, we will be dropping these episodes uh, it says every Sunday we are going to get that updated every Monday because we've got to do some updating to this graphic. We'll we'll, we'll get it. Uh, it says every uh, Sunday. It's going to be every Monday now. Um, so these will be uploaded every Monday. But anyways, um, that's going to do it for us. You can check us out on uh, – check out all of our hockey coverage at a to z Follow me on Twitter at, uh, at AlexDarty1. Follow Sean on Twitter at SCSNSH. Any final thoughts before we go? Huh just I hope you I hope Jody can get it together That's all I got Come on Jody Come on Jody Make that dude's dreams come true <laughs>